You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. It is Wednesday. You know what that means. It's Winky Wednesday. My guest today, Nick Winkler, going to answer some of your questions, talk about the latest going on with the 49ers, some big pro days happening over the course of the next week. You might decide the future of this franchise and which jersey number you will be wearing on your back when you are finally allowed to go back to Levi's Stadium. At BD Peacock is where you can find me and get those questions in. You can email the show, LockedOn49ers, at Gmail. My guest today, Nick Winkler's Twitter is at Bay Area Wink. Let's bring him on right now. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Nick, are you pumped for the pro day action? Even more pro day action than normal here. We get double the pro days for all of the 49ers prospects that they're looking at at quarterback at pick three. Well, the best part about it is that you hear that they're going to be out there running Kyle Shanahan style plays. It's like, that's so smart, you know, like get out there, show this guy, hey, look, you want me. I'm the guy that you want. I'm the guy you want running your offense. Check it out. I could do this. I could do that. I could do the other thing. I'm better than this Mac Jones guy everybody's talking about. And wait, where did this McGruber nickname come from? Like, everybody's calling him McGruber now. Oh, because his, his actual name is McCorkle. Have you not heard this? No. His, his name is McCorkle. His real name. His first name is McCorkle? No, it's actually, I think, his middle name. It's like Daniel McCorkle Jones or something. Hold on. I know McCorkle is the word. It might be middle name, but he's named after it, so it's Mac. I think it should be McRib. Myself. McRib's perfect. Yeah. Like, especially with his non athletic body. Like, yeah, exactly. McRib is on point. Uh, McCorkle Let's try Jones. to make that one stick. Let's see. McCorkle Jones. Uh, Michael McCorkle, AKA Mac Jones. Michael McCorkle. Yeah. That's mean. Yeah. All right. Maybe a family right. name. I actually like it. I think McCorkle's a pretty badass name. I think he should just roll with McCorkle. You could just, I would call him Cork. It should be just one. It'd be like Madonna, just one name. All it says McCorkle. is McCorkle. It's like Ichiro, Madonna. Yeah, like, look, I got my first name and my last name on my back. That's good. I am pumped, man. I, I love I love pro days. It's, it's just something else to happen right now in the offseason. Dude, this has given me new life in the podcast, right? Right. Um, maybe too much life as far as quarterbacks go, because I continued to talk about it yesterday. Ben Solak, my guest, if you haven't heard that podcast, go back and check it out. He's a really smart guy. In fact... So when I talk about how, look, I, I swear to God, I could come up with a front office that could compete with real NFL front offices. Just from with people on Twitter, people who've been my guests, really smart people. Right. JTO Sullivan I had on last week, super smart dude. He could be my quarterback's coach or just my quarterback guru guy. Like He's really smart. He's really good. And I, I wouldn't be shocked that all people, you know, if he wanted to be in the league, uh, people would be talking. In fact, some you know media gigs should be coming his way because he's really good and really good at, at getting that information across. I don't know why backup quarterbacks are amazing at doing that, by the way. It's because they spend all their time just like holding the clipboard and talking yeah. and watching. I guess, yeah, it's the only reason they're in the league, right? Yeah, breaking down that film. And Ben Solak is one of those people. like, And he's like a kid wonder. He, he turned down this scholarship to an Ivy League school to do this, to, to, mm. to break down, to be a draft analyst, essentially. Wow. Uh, I mean, a, a team would be smart to hire someone like Ben Solak. He's a young guy, really smart, um, and... and it comes across in that podcast. You haven't heard Tuesday's show yet. Go back and check that one out. Um, we have some questions to talk about all of these things, but yeah, so it's uh, the fit. So tomorrow, April 15th is the second Justin Fields pro day. And then I believe Monday, the 19th is 
Trey Lance's second pro day, and Kyle Shanahan is essentially going to be running these pro days, which is fantastic <laughs> for him. I'm sure he loves how this has worked out because there's no private workouts this year. Right. And usually it's the quarterback guru, the quarterback coach that's working with these guys that runs the runs the the whole pro day workout. And usually they put in a lot of stuff that you want to see. So I'm sure if a quarterback is in shotgun all the time, you want to see him drop back from under center and see the footwork and some of those things like Mac Jones. They had him rolling out a lot because he wasn't good at doing that in college. So they wanted to kind of try to showcase some of those things. But now you actually just get to and he's not going to actually, quote unquote, run it. But it's going to be his he can tell those guys because you want to be the third pick, right? That's why you're there. That's why you're doing this extra pro day workout. You want to be selected there. So you want to show that coach exactly what it wants to see. So this is awesome for Kyle Shanahan from uh, uh, an evaluation standpoint. He gets to see these guys do exactly what he wants them to do in these workouts. Yeah. And and people were like, well, why'd they trade up so early and uh, do this and that? This is a perfect example of why they did that. Like you said, now they go out there and they could basically be like, look, I need you to do this. Show me, show me you could do this if you can. You know, that that's what, what we need to see here. And, and real quick, to get back to your uh, draft room that you would put together of all these people that are on your shows, dude, mm-hmm. I would fill up your coffee so hard in that. <laughs> like, it would just be always to the brim. Like, everybody in there would be happy. It'd be so much fun to be in that room. Oh, Perfect no doubt, no. yeah. And then we get to, like, the sixth or seventh round, and we're like, hey, Nick, what do you think about these fullbacks? And I'd be like, hold <laughs> up, let me see, let me see, uh, profile images of them okay just, right. just oh look at that jawline yeah just just judging by their their <laughs> sophomore year bio right picture. actually can i see their calves calves are really important can we see what's going on <laughs> exactly. down there exactly yeah great point yeah it's all about yeah. the calves when it comes to fullbacks you don't want to calf fullback no 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 you got to be able to, to to you know push and rise push and rise you know you want to lift that guy and put him on his back oh, At least that's what she- I, I found out in jv football yeah, push it right. Sure. Yeah, that's why they do the. It, it, it was always really weird to me because I I was never working in the trenches. I wasn't a fullback. I was like on the outside. You know, I was yeah. playing like that's the sled, DB dude. That's why you hit that sled. Receiver. And they push it so high up in the air. I'm like, yeah. how could that be effective blocking someone with your arms as high as in the air as you can get? But mm-hmm. that, yeah, you're if pushing they're bigger up, than you, right? Leverage, you get them up, put them down, and back, get someone on their heels. It's mm-hmm. amazing. So it's a good move, dude. I used to dominate that sled. Really? Oh yeah. Did you I, know? That's when I worked out. It's been a while. <laughs> so much can change in like 15 years, 20 years, not working out. 25, man. Going oh, on like 26. What's geez. up? <laughs> oh, yeah. My working out is, is the pace is slowed when I is slowed down to walking. That's my workout. Yeah. Which is mine is like, like walking golf, and walking. swinging a golf club. Yeah. Like th- that's pretty much it. But I can make it a convincing argument to my wife. Like she's like, "Wow, you're on for four hours, dude! I I just walked like almost twenty miles." Yeah, is she's like, "Well, if I do the math, the course is like four and a half miles." Like, yeah, but I didn't go straight. It was back and forth. Oh, I'm zigzagging all over that place. <laughs> That's right, dude. Oh, oh my god, yeah. And my How about clubs an extra are five, six hundred yards a hole. Yeah, like my clubs are kind of heavy, taking a lot of right. hacks. You know, I'm getting and you know usually near triple digit hacks on the course too. So it's right. not nothing, man. It's a core workout when you're out there, yeah. Which it's a little bit harder to sell the I rode a, in a cart for four and a half hours, right? Like yeah, and there's like a cooler in the cart, and you actually right. put in more carbs and more uh, right. calories of beer than you did with your walk. And she's like, "I see those two empty hot dog wrappers there. And is that a <laughs> Snickers wrapper too? Okay. Oh, I am anti. I'm anti getting food at the clubhouse. Like at the turn, really? get yourself some cold drinks. You know, yeah. Uh, but no food. Built bar, dude. You throw uh-huh. a built bar in. It's mm-hmm. quick, easy, no dirty hands. You don't have to spend a bunch of time at the turn. 
getting food and and you don't have to sabotage your diet completely because you're already maybe doing some drinking if you are i would not recommend doing any drinking ever kids um right but if you are and you're on the course yeah built bar dude it's what it's all about you're gonna have to teach me that we're gonna hit the links here in a couple of weeks you have to show me what that's all about i'll put the hot dog down i'll pick up a built bar okay uh do you want birthday cake flavor or coconut brownie chunk that won the built bar bracket i mean are you a coconut guy like that's yeah, I'm a coconut okay. guy. Oh, like, co- give me an almond joy. Yeah. See, so I don't do coconut, coconut brownie. So I've got some extra coconut because I don't really eat those. So I'll I take will, those off your hand. I will absolutely bring those for you when we golf very soon. There we go. Is that how you're going to try to win? You're just like, I'm going to give this guy all this coconut. It's going to take his game down. No, dude. It's protein, high okay. high fiber, high pro. Might as well make this the read I have to do today. But uh, yeah, <laughs> high protein. It's, it's going to help you. It's going to keep you light, but give you that protein to power you through the back nine, man. And you can get 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. All you got to do, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. How about that? Getting that free bonus spot right here. Free bonus spot for Built Built Bar. Bar. All right, let's come back, talk about uh, a number of things. We won't stack it all with quarterbacks, even though that's the only questions I get these days is about quarterbacks. But we'll we'll talk about all kinds of... uh, 49er things next on this Winky Wednesday. Nick, I don't know how you feel it, but I really enjoy the draft game and the secrecy and trying to figure out, you know, who's doing what. And it's funny because all of these mock drafts and how, um, and for the 49ers, obviously, it's been Mac Jones and some analysts and, and folks on TV were so adamant, like, oh, that, that's the pick. We know it's going to be Mac Jones. And I've the whole time, I've never been one to buy it. And it sounds like some of them, even Schefter, walking back that idea a little bit now. And we've got the new pro days set up, and it's like the secrecy, not wanting to go to pro days. Uh, John Lynch admitted that they played the draft game. They went to a pro day as a smokescreen in 2017 to go see Patrick Mahomes and then almost convinced himself that maybe they need to draft him after all because of what they saw at the pro day, how amazing it was. And now I'm wondering how some of these pro days are going to compare to those, right? And and are they going to, and that's, I think that's absolutely part of it because I think that's what they're going for, right? If they want that John Elway type arm they want that Patrick Mahomes type talent when they they don't want to pass on that again I think they've learned their lesson which is why I think that's the direction they're going and these two pro days are somewhat important because of the way these workouts are going to go but a question from Gilbert here is what made me think of this in the draft game he says any thoughts on the Falcons going to Justin Fields pro day are they just hoping the Niners screw up and he'll just fall to them at four but I think the biggest reason why a Falcons team would go to these pro days is because they want teams calling them and trying to trade up to pick four. So if fields does fall, well, first of all, you finish your evaluation. Maybe you do draft fields at four, but you want teams to think you like these quarterbacks. So they know they have to come all the way up to four and they can't wait till pick seven to trade up and get their guy. Like the 49ers did the 49ers must think something with the Falcons, maybe going all the way up to number three. They didn't want to wait until draft day. They didn't want to go up to six, even though we know the Eagles are willing to go back to 12 from six. And we know exactly how much it was going to cost. They wanted to go all the way up to number three to get ahead of the Falcons. So I would not be shocked at all if the Falcons go quarterback or if there's more trade action and we do see QBs go one, two, three, four in this draft. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I love the smoke screens. I love it. It's like playing poker. You know, it's like, it's not always about the cards you're holding, you know, it's about what they think you have. That's what's most important when it comes to stuff like this. And we saw just a couple of years ago, with the 49ers and the Bears, like they convinced them that they were probably going to take Trubisky there and, and they got some extra picks out of it. And maybe maybe it's the 49ers yeah. that go back one pick again. John Lynch has to done that Falcons, twice yeah. already. He's done it in 50% of the first rounds he's been involved with, trading back one pick. Did it last year with Tampa and did it 
2017 was Chicago Bears. So who knows? Maybe uh, all of a sudden the the Falcons are sitting there and like, oh, crap, man. Mac Jones is the guy we wanted. They trade up one spot and the Niners never really did want Mac Jones, but they floated that out there the whole time to try to get the Falcons to move up or something. I don't know. Very unlikely, but who knows? It's this is a wild time of year. And I always talk about it because. The craziest mock draft you see out there, and fans get so mad. You idiot, how could you have plugged so-and-so in? And I'm like, dude, the, the real draft is so much more crazy than any of these mock drafts we're going to see. The The best analysts, because they grade all these people at the end of every draft season, the best ones get maybe six or seven direct hits out of 32 mm-hmm. in the first round. We don't know. This thing's going to be nuts. That's what's so great. And this year, going to be more nuts than ever, I think. Yeah, there's always like, oh, there's going to be more trades than that. And then that year, there's like no first round trades. Or the next year, it's like, dude, that's too many trades in your mock. And then it's like 15 first round trades. It's like, you guys have no idea what's going to happen. And that's why it's so much fun. And well, I mean, who knows? Maybe that means there will be less this year because three teams already moved around in the top 12 picks before the draft even started. And the one that I don't get, what do you think about the Panthers with the Sam Darnold move? Because I, they're in a good spot still to get a quarterback maybe at eight or pull a trade up themselves. They can't go up to four because I'm sure Atlanta doesn't want to help them in the division get a uh, a quarterback, but you still go to five. Everyone's talking about five quarterbacks. You can still go up a couple spots with the Bengals and get a quarterback at five. So are they going to get rid of Bridgewater, then have a rookie and Darnold, or are they cool with Darnold and Bridgewater? And that was, you know, they think the Niners are going to draft their guy at three that they would have wanted to get, and they don't like anybody else in the draft, and they're just going to roll with a different position in Darnold. The, the, the Panthers is one I can't figure out because there was so much talk about the owner, uh, what's his name, David Tepper, that was gearing up for, like, this big move. And I think maybe Deshaun Watson might have been that move, which is completely a bananas story now, and that's out the door. So um, maybe that really screwed them, and now they don't like the quarterbacks in the draft. I don't know, but that's it's really weird that the Panthers that had the eighth pick and thought they were going to make this big move and go get a quarterback and they end up with Darnold and Bridgewater. Yeah, I've never really understood the the love of, of Sam Darnold. Like he's shown little signs here and there in the pros of like, oh yeah, this guy's got some talent. But the dude throws interceptions. Like there's nobody's business. Like he's just not accurate. And he did in college too. He threw. Yeah, that's, he takes too many chances. Baffling. And but then he'll make a wow throw. His best throw of the season. The, the the highlight you always see now is the one against the Niners, where he was rolling yeah. left, threw the ball back across his body. An amazing throw, and he's got a lot of talent. So I guess in that case, if you're trying to compare Mac Jones at eight, or even having to trade up for him, or Sam Darnold, you could say, well, Darnold still has more upside. Was in a terrible situation maybe our situation's better i'm sure teams are you know they have an ego so they think oh we we can fix this guy they got it all wrong they sucked we're good and we're gonna fix this guy um and donald's only a year older than mac jones too he was a really young prospect coming out so i guess i could buy that argument but um i can't imagine a team in the top 10 in a draft where there's five worthy depending on who you talk to quarterbacks at that spot going eh, let's go let's just go trade for donald and we're done I think I figured it out. I think Sam Darnold, hit the the best part of his game is like the short-range accuracy. And if you're the Carolina Panthers, who are you trying to throw the ball to? Christian McCaffrey. Well, you already have Teddy Bridgewater. Is there a better quarterback yeah. to throw to your running back than Teddy That's a good B? point. Yeah, I mean, look what Mike Davis did last year in that system. Right. Man. Yeah, I don't I don't know what, what the Panthers are doing. They, you know, they could prove us all wrong and we could all look like idiots. And they're like, ah, you guys thought we were the dumb ones. I mean, I doubt it, but that could happen. Well, you know what's fascinating to me is that the 49ers 
couldn't wait. A month early, they traded all the way up to number three and gave up a ton. Like that was a huge mm-hmm. haul. Like the, the the trade has happened, so I think people have digested it and are, and not, aren't really thinking because the Niners didn't really even trade it any other twenty twenty one draft picks. Right. It's like I right, whatever. Those are future picks. We'll worry about them when the time comes. The Niners gave up a ton. They gave up the amount you would think it would take to go up to number one and draft Trevor Lawrence if there was a team that was willing to trade there. Um, and a team like the Eagles, who were at six, apparently they were willing to trade up and they were making some calls and, and seeing what it was going to be. And once they realized it was going to be Trevor Lawrence one, Zach Wilson two, that was the only quarterbacks they liked. They wouldn't even have taken any of the other three at six. And that's why they were willing to move out of there and they were done with it now. So it's amazing that a team like the Eagles, the the... The evaluation led them to a place where they liked two quarterbacks. They knew they couldn't get one at three, so they moved back instead of moving up. And that's why they had talked to the Dolphins in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then the 49ers saw it a completely different way where they were willing to give up multiple picks and spend three first-round draft picks in the end to go all the way up to three where a team didn't even like a player to draft at six. Niners want to spend all that just to get up to three. So I don't know how these teams are going to evaluate all these different quarterbacks. This is going to be nuts. Yeah, I mean, they've all got their own systems, right? They've all got their own boards. They've all got their own guys that are like, oh, no, trust me, this is the guy for us. This is the guy for us. Hey, th- these two guys could be the guy for us. You could be right. They could be just could be all smokescreen with both Lance and Fields. Maybe they feel that both guys are are equally good, and they're like, yeah, Atlanta, switch with us. We'll drop back to four and be happy to take this guy. I mean, who knows what, what all these teams are thinking. And like you said, the draft is going to be so crazy that we're all going to be sitting here, all, you know, come Monday in your podcast. I can't wait to listen. Because you're going to be like, yep, this is, we were nowhere near it. This, we, everybody was way off. We, we all blew it. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, the, the Fields one, too, is the most interesting because uh, the, the Fields is from like 20 miles outside of Atlanta. That's where he came up. Mm. So, I, and teams don't really care about that, but I think there's a little part of that where everybody in Atlanta thinks that Fields is amazing. And they right. expect that would be the pick and that they love fields. And so I wonder if maybe that's something the 49ers might have thought, or maybe it was Mac Jones. I have no idea. Uh, Trey Lance is still, you know, a huge part of this whole thing too. And the other thing that's the thing that's most telling to me when it comes to the draft game, and this is my last thought on this, is that Mac Jones' name's been out there so much and nobody's talking about Justin Fields. That's curious to me. Right, right. There's no connection with any not, teams yeah. in Justin Fields, so that means all these teams are keeping that real secret, right? Or they just right. don't like I, him at all. That's just it. Why would you be like, oh, we're gonna take this guy? Everybody loves him. Everybody loves him. And then, and all of a sudden, the guys in two draft him. Like, yeah, come on, you don't want that, you know? You, you, you're exactly right. Everybody's throwing Mac Jones' name out there, and he's got. I wouldn't be shocked if he slid into the second round. Like that's that would not surprise me. That's most evaluators. That's kind of where they had him. That's what's mm-hmm. nuts about this is he was being. So if you look at most mock drafts a few weeks ago before the trade, it had the 49ers not only not trading up, it had them passing on Mac Jones at 12 and drafting a corner, right? Right. Then they trade up to three, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, obviously it's for Mac Jones. It's like, what? Right. Last week you had a mock draft that had them passing on him at 12. <laughs> they got that smart info getting out there. They're, yeah. they're just throwing that smoke screen, man. I love it. Sneaky MFers. All right, let's get to I some know. questions next. NFL draft season in full swing, and you can get in on the action at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports. NFL draft props, super fun. If you think you know better than the average person what's going to happen in the NFL draft, you can find those draft props at BetOnline. NBA, 
NHL, Major League Baseball regular season now underway. Bet Online even covers awards and TV shows and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine to go along with table games and poker as well. And it's free to sign up. Just head over to the website. You can use your mobile device too. Sign up today using promo code locked on. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Nick, I think you had one you wanted to shout somebody out from Foreign Lands that is a podcast listener, correct? Yeah, yeah. He said uh, Matt Walker out of the UK gave us a little shout out on Twitter. It mentioned me specifically in Wiki Wednesdays. Great way to get on the show. Uh, <laughs> boost boost my ego a little bit. Uh, faithful for like 37 years or something like there we go. That's the kind of people we love. It's, it's goal faithful, you know, You're going back, go back to the old school days. Absolutely. Jay Fitz as well from the UK. He says, hi, chaps. Uh, what is the chance that they're uh, that the Jets take fields and we end up with Shanny having to take Mac Jones because not a huge amount of work done on Wilson. Hashtag weekly wink. Hashtag winky Wednesday. Hashtag Niners. That's from Fitz. So we got we got the UK representing today in this mailbag. Yeah, and I feel like they've done their homework on Wilson. I, I think they know exactly oh, what yeah. he is. That would be probably even easier, right? They yeah. fields two, Wilson three. And I a lot of tape on Zach Wilson. Right, and I still think it's Wilson to fields three so I, I think it is going to be those three and it would be wild and maybe that's one of the things is the Niners don't want it known just just in case because maybe because look I mean that's the coaching staff from the 49ers last year right there's some yeah. crossover there and I wonder how if they all know who each other really likes right or if they're trying to really confuse each other because they don't want to see the guy that they want play in the other guy's system um but and the 49ers said they like three for sure, and we're going to do the work on the other two guys. I, I just have a feeling it's those three, right? That's yeah, that's the way I've felt about it the whole time. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is really Mac Jones. Who knows? But um, maybe think, it's Trey Lance, man. It's just not getting it talked could be. about yeah. enough. It could absolutely be Trey Lance. And Trey Lance, for from what people are hearing, Trey Lance is more connected to the Niners and Falcons at three and four than Fields even from from so. Fields is the third of those three quarterbacks when it comes to the Niners that keeps getting rumored and thrown out there. It's actually more Mac Jones and Trey Lance, which is probably why it's Fields. Right? Exactly. <laughs> that's that's so that's where my head's at. That that's the right. way I feel about it. I just I just can't believe that Mac Jones his package no. is what you would trade up to get. And for, it's not happening. And for Lance, I love Lance. I loved Lance when I thought maybe he could slide to the 49ers at twelve. Thought I'd be a good fit, sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo. But mm-hmm. man. One season, one double A, two years ago, a lot to give up. That's just—it's an incomplete picture to give up that much for a guy as talented as he is. Yeah, you're right. It's Fields. <laughs> who was the? I don't have it here anymore. Who who shouted out the old Gold Faithful podcast? Oh, it's nine hundred four Niners Nation, right? Yes, that's what it was. Nine hundred four Niners Nation. Shout out! He found our old Gold Faithful podcast. He says he thinks it's our first episode from like 2015. That sounds right. That's when we did a lot of top fives. Yeah, we were, oh, we were all about the lists, man. Yeah, yeah, and it was. We, I think we were talking about like losses coming into the season from the season before, and yeah, that was fun. Uh, Maybe we'll uh, put together a top five list for him next week or something. He said he wants to bring the top five list back. Dude, uh, yeah, the off season starts to get slow. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about the draft, and then post draft break down all those players and stuff, and then there will be some OTAs and things like that to cover. But uh, that's list season, so we should absolutely mm-hmm. get into some lists. We did. That's when we did our Forty Nine ers draft in the summertime, right? Yeah, our all time draft. Yep. That's right. We do things like, you know, 
biggest, uh, you know, what do we, what we expect from guys this year, biggest surprises, you know, we picked like offensive, defensive rookies, all that stuff, all the lists. You man. know, what? I've got an old tweet that I saved that I've not talked about and it's like at the bottom of my list, but I want to delete it because this would be a good summertime uh, tweet to talk about. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it really quick. I'll tease it. I'll tease it for like, I'll tease it like three months in advance here. Um, oh, geez. I can't find it. It's all the way down here. Let's see. Uh, no, no, no. Come on. Come on. Come on. My come wife's on. like, have you checked your old tweets and make sure you didn't say anything dumb? I'm like, <laughs> I don't really tweet. <laughs> Nick doesn't tweet. Mine's all retweets and likes, man. Uh, That's uh, it. Offensive to fullbacks. About exactly. Never. I would never. Oh, no. Did you delete it? I can't find it anymore. Dang it. Something about pizza. It was. Oh, oh here it is. It's from Robbie. Uh, if the different position groups are ingredients, what sort of pizza can we make out of the 2021 49ers? So that'll be an episode, I think, in Ooh. like in late June. Okay. Yeah, we had our condiments discussion. That one was fire, man. That one got a lot of responses out there, both positive <laughs> and negative. Oh, love so it. will be fun. Pizza time. Absolutely. Here's another one, actually, from 904 Niners Nation. Getting the double shout out today. He says, enough of the talk at number three. Who are the 49ers taking at number 43? If the pick isn't traded, give me a name or at least a position they should go after. What do you think? Second round, Nick. I mean, position's obviously more my style since I, you know, I'm not the scout that you are. Uh, to me, it just seems pretty simple. It seems like you got to go after either offensive line or secondary. I mean, two places that... You know, you you definitely are going to need some long term help. They got to, especially the secondary. They got a lot of one year contracts out there. Corner. I mean, corner is yeah. really important for the 49ers. They need depth. They need someone that could potentially even start right away because mm-hmm. Jason Verrett had a nice year. He's on a one year contract. And that injury history is really extensive, even though he was somewhat of an Iron Man for the 49ers, surprisingly, last year. Um, you know, that Achilles could pop any day, you know, like uh, you'd, you'd have to prepare for that is what I'm saying. Not that his Achilles will pop any day, but you just have to prepare for that reality. And then the other guy is an undrafted free agent that I really like and Emmanuel Mosley, but he's right now penciled in as the starter. You want some competition there for sure, even though sure. he's on a two year contract. And then Kwan Williams had his own injuries and he's in the slot. You're really thin after that. After that, we're talking about Dante Johnson, who's going to be a 49er until he's 55 years old. It seems like. You got After you, he goes need to, you need two corners, not just one. So if if yeah. a guy's there in the second round, you got to you got to go for it. If not, you're talking round three and round five, doubling up. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you, you mentioned Johnson. He, he'll he'll go to like Seattle two more times before he's 55 as yeah. well and come back. Yeah, and Verrett, unfortunately, last season was kind of the outlier. You know, he, he's had so much injury history that last season isn't the norm. You you hope it is. You hope that it is going forward. But you know, he passed is is something you can't forget you know you're gonna repeat it so yeah i feel like secondary obviously huge and then again to mention the offensive line i mean you're talking about mcglinchy who's quickly coming up on he's gonna be real expensive and he hasn't shown up you know so maybe you do try to take another tackle at that point pass rusher i Mm -hmm. think uh what's gonna happen too is we know the 49ers too well they're gonna draft a defensive lineman in the second round and he's going to be like yeah. a tweener defensive end defensive tackle type and right. then they're going to draft a slot receiver right that's what the 49ers are going to do <laughs> yeah he's going to be real tiny he's going to be 5'9 5'8 165 pounds you're totally right it's crazy because I've seen a lot of people talk about how the 49ers need a slot receiver and they they definitely need like number three and number four receivers so it's not like they don't but mm-hmm. Ayuk and Debo can play in the slot like the idea that they need an extra slot receiver behind besides them 
it's kind of weird, especially if you go out and you draft someone like Justin Fields, such a good deep ball thrower. To me, the third receiver should be that deep ball guy. So then when you go three wide, you have that guy on the outside. You have Ayuk on the other side. You put Debo in the slot. I mean, that's your yeah. slot to me is you already have Debo right there. Um, and you can add another speedy small guy too. But the idea that those that Debo and Ayuk are outside guys and you need a slot, that's just kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, but is that something you need to draft or is that something, you know, you just need that speed guy? I mean, Marquise Goodwin, we we mentioned it earlier. You know, yeah, obviously he got traded back or whatever and then cut, but he's out there. He's probably super cheap. You're talking about maximum world-class speed right there. Is that somebody they might be looking at? Talking about corners, Richard Sherman is still not signed. Yeah, there's a lot of big so names still out there. Yeah, maybe that's something the 49ers can still do after the draft. The Niners still have a whole bunch of draft picks. They have nine picks overall, so they can... They can do a lot and they can maneuver around still. They can even still go back up into the first round or, um, you know, earlier second round if the right guy is there too. So, yeah. But anyway, corner, pass rusher, offensive line, wide receiver, still a number of the ways then and some needs on the, as far as depth goes with the 49ers. Um, Last note here, this one from Pro Football Focus. And yesterday we didn't talk about this exact thing uh, with Ben Solak. He was talking about his charting of quarterbacks and sort of the narrative that's going around with these quarterbacks and Mac Jones is super accurate, great in the pocket, goes through his reads, great going through prog- progressions. Justin Fields never goes through his progressions uh, and and that's sort of a tired narrative and I think we've debunked that plenty of times. It's not just me, but analysts that I've had on the show. This one from Pro Football Focus. Grade on throws past the first read since 2019. Another thing about Justin Fields that I like, he's actually had two good seasons. Right. Trevor Lawrence has had two good seasons. Mac Jones, 17 starts. One year. Right. Um, Trey Lance, one year in 2019 at 1AA. Zach Wilson, one year. He was not nearly this good last year in 2019 and had a, a couple of injuries as well. So uh, Justin Fields, since 2019, PFF grade on throws past the first read. Number one in this class, Justin Fields, <laughs> 90.6 grade. Zach Wilson, 90.1 grade. Trey Lance, 87.2 grade. And Trevor Lawrence, 78.6. Mac Jones, 75.7. That's not even close. One of the things that not a lot of people talk about is how many you know screens and RPOs and stuff like that are in some of these offenses. A ton of that in Alabama and Clemson. So it's quick hitting, but it's not necessarily like, okay, boom, boom, going through reads. Big gap there. Big gap. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just one of those things. Like you said, it's a tired narrative. It's just something that got thrown out there early, and a lot of people just started saying it because, oh, yeah, this makes sense why yeah. the 49ers would like <laughs> yeah, this guy. Like, like, what else could it why be? Why does that make sense again? <laughs> so anyways, all right. Good stuff. Nick, thanks for joining me as always. My pleasure as always. Thanks everybody for listening. Be back tomorrow right here. Locked on 49ers. See you. Oh, perfect timing. Leo's awake. Bam. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. All right, see you.